purely on a single game week, Bamford has a higher ceiling than Antonio. There is a pattern of Antonio just, you know, scoring one goal, right? Consistently, but still just one goal. Not many double-digit hauls from him. Whereas Bamford has multiple double-digit hauls this season. So if you're talking about just pure explosiveness and high ceiling, then it has to be Bamford, right? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 38 preview. This is me, Siva, joined once again by Sam. Sam, how was Game Week 37? Not too good. But not too bad either, I guess. Finished with a Game Week score of 44. Let's just go through your team very quickly. You had Ariola, Shaw, Trent, Dean, Dallas, Salah, Greenwood, Matthias Pereira, who scored direct from a corner. Saved my game week. Yeah, he one of your highest scores this week. St. Maximin, unfortunate that not the Newcastle mid that was going to score. <laughs> yeah, and he got injured too, so that is an issue there. Yeah, but he always gets injured though, right? That's just him. Anyway, Captain Kane didn't work out and DCL didn't work out for anyone else. So, yeah. How's your team, Siva? Okay, 48, I think, which is decent. Uh, in the context of this game week, it, 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 I needed a better week. And I really feel bad because I didn't... You know, I told everybody uh, about Willock. I told you about Willock and I really wanted to do it. In the end, I just banked my transfer, which seems so stupid in hindsight. But I had a decent team, I felt. And all in all, I think the team did okay. 48 points, no hits. Martinez, Shaw, Trent, Dean, Salah, Cap. Salah, Cap, so many chances, just didn't put them away. Sun, Lingard, Smithrow, Calvert-Lewin, Kane, and Antonio. So Lingard and Antonio saved the game week. They took their time, but they came in at the end. It was a bad game week for me to get rid of Lingard. Hey, I did, I did warn you, mate. But to be fair, Lingard really didn't do much. I, I, yeah. I got quite lucky because he, he did almost nothing for about 80 minutes until the assist happened. It's true. I had Dan Byrne on the bench, which is really annoying. His first goal in his career, and he's on my bench. <laughs> really? In his entire career? I'm assuming, have you? <laughs> I don't think that was ever going to score again. But, and when I've needed him, he hasn't done it. But eh, what are you going to do? So final week, I'm going in. I'm five points ahead of you. and It's going down to the wire between you and me, Sam. And we still have a chance of top 100k. We're about 30, 40 points off. It's not impossible. So to achieve that, we've got to be different. We've got to try something risky. And that brings us to the theme of today's pod, which is everybody asking us about differentials, need to gain 10 plus points, 20 plus points, 30 plus points. And we'll just go through those questions, I think, and we'll take it position by position. Start off with FPL Pot Noodle. For players who need to gain 10 plus points to reach their target, who are your favorite differentials for defenders, mids, forwards, and captains? And this is the theme of many questions here. FPL Robin Hood, your favorite punts. Uh, Abhishek, top five high ceiling picks to gun for top 100k. I'm at 189k. Esotaha, need differentials. Thanks you know, for the amazing work, lads. Keep it up. So Sam, let's start off with defense, right? Punts for defenders. First of all, would you be making a defender transfer this week? I, I wouldn't, actually. Um, I feel just the potential points payoff is lower for a defender compared to a midfielder or a striker. So if I had a choice, I would not use my transfer on a defender. Do you think that there's... But there's halls to be given? Because a lot of us own defenders like... A lot of us own Luke Shaw, who has been awful and probably won't play because of UEL being, what, three, four days later. You've yeah. got Luca Dean against Man City. A lot of us have him. Maybe there's some upside in going for Stuart Dallas, final day. Clean sheet, attacking returns. There is, but I, I got... Statistically, it's proven that on the final day, there's less clean sheets, right? Teams who um, have nothing to play for tend to, you know play more freely which means more goals less clean sheets I can see some games um, being very cagey games that matter a lot right um, so example the Liverpool game or even the Chelsea game I know a lot of people are targeting these fixtures but at the same time you gotta think from it from the other point of view in which they might once they're one goal up really you know um, defend their lead don't take the risk of of you know getting uh, counted and things like that right so actually I I've, I mean statistically there's less clean sheets on the last game week of the week, of the year so then you're minusing that off you're really hoping for an attacking return from a defender 
there is upside, of course, because when defenders um, get a clean sheet and an attacking return, they really haul. But I think if you can help it, spend your transfers on midfielders or strikers this um, this game week. I just wanted to go back and look at the stats because you, you mentioned that clean sheets are a rarity on final day. And I've always heard this statistic, right? Uh, it's a perception. Since we've got fans, so I thought I'd go back to the 2019 final day season. Uh, and on that day, there were only two clean sheets. Uh, a Leicester-Chelsea nil-all draw and United losing at home to Cardiff 2-0. I feel like I should remember, <laughs> I should remember this. Otherwise, a lot of big scores. Palace, 5-3 against Bournemouth. Arsenal, 3-1 against Burnley. West Ham, 4-1 against Watford. City, 2-1 against Brighton. Spurs, 2-2 against Everton. So, I guess we can take your point, you know, a lot of goals on final day. So, maybe a defensive transfer is not the way to go. But for those who still want to make it, you know, because let's just say they don't have enough players and they want to just make the defensive transfers, we've got some options just to consider briefly. And FPL Hafiz... Trent or Robertson for game week 38? So before we get into the differential aspect, I thought this covers both because Robertson, 15 points this week. Would he be, if you are looking specifically for a defender this week and you want to be differential, would Andy Robertson be a good way to go? Yeah, I think so. Two assists, finally he's returned. The Robertson of last season was amazing. This season, he has... I mean, the whole Liverpool defence has been really quiet and then Trent started getting into form. A lot of people have trend, so if you're looking for a differential, Robertson's cheaper, and you know he always has the chance as he did last game week. So I think it is a good punt to go for. Is it a case of uh, Liverpool at have the best chance of a clean sheet out of any of the teams this week because they still have something to play for? Um, <laughs> yes, I guess in a sense, but Liverpool themselves have been quite leaky defensively, which is yeah. the issue, right? Doesn't matter if you have to say this game has more significance or not just as a fact their defense have not been you know up to par would you consider anyone else because i i was thinking about this and i was wondering if the chelsea defenders against villa would be worth considering because up against you know el mohammadi man cash is out my issue was trying to figure out which chelsea defender starts and that's probably makes it a bad idea but if you get early team news right all the fixtures start at the same time whether alonso or chilwell might be worth a shot yeah, I think um, if you can get early team news, one of their wingbacks, um, if it's Alonso, Chilwell, Reese James, or you know, whoever it may be, I think it's a good choice to have. Bear in mind though, Grealish is back for Villa. And last game, I don't know whether it's Spurs that was bad or Grealish making Villa look so good, but they had so many chances. So it's not a guaranteed clean sheet. Uh, and Chelsea has you know has been letting in goals recently. Although I think that is partly because of the rotation. You know they haven't really had a the same back line in multiple games. Every game week they're changing it. So without that stability, they've been letting in goals. Will uh, will will the will Tuchel play the strongest Chelsea team? I don't know really. They have one week until um, the Champions League finals. Unlike United, who play the Europa finals on Wednesday night. So one week may be enough, but at the same time, he may not want to risk injury. And at the same time, he really needs to win. So I'm, I don't know, it's a bit uncertain, right? You're not filling me with confidence, mate. Yeah, I, I, I personally am avoiding Chelsea defence. I think if you can get, can get a leaked uh, team sheet, then, then you can go for it. But if not, I think there's just too much uncertainty there. Yeah, and I think this week sort of showed the difficulty with trying to get league team sheets because uh, you'll remember I mean, a lot of people who listened to this pod or were on Twitter would have seen uh, fake team sheets saying that Mason Greenwood wouldn't start uh, and then he did start and so the, and that the issue of the reliability of early team news is suspect at best so you're taking a risk either way yeah that's right what do you think about Chelsea defenders I started the week quite keen to take a punt but as the week has uh, having thought about it, slept on it, I feel like I don't mind taking punts on final day because it is the final day, but I want to take punts on people I know are going to play because there's really no point if I take a punt on a dude who's not even going to start. I don't mind if the guy is an uncertain asset, you know, somebody's not proven, that's fine, but at least I need, he needs to play. Yep, I completely agree. So I, I personally would be um, avoiding Chelsea defenders or any Chelsea asset, actually. 
Okay, but let's come back to maybe the less differential pick and probably the mainstream option. And I think a lot of people will be transferring him in this week. Stuart Dallas. Obviously, now he's playing sort of in midfield again with the Mathis Click being out. West Brom, easy game on paper. Leeds have been really solid defensively in the last few weeks. At least they're getting clean sheets. Yeah. I was very close to transferring in uh, Meliel last week. So glad I didn't. You got lucky, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, they've been quite solid, even without Melia in goal. Um, Casilla, I think, did really well in the last game week, saved a lot of shots. So I think, yeah, Dallas is a good option. If you can't afford Dallas, I actually really like how Alioski looks. You know, he, he really gets forward, right? I don't know, if, is it the, the tactics or what, but he always seems to be kind of in the box, kind of like a discount Alonso, I guess. The only issue is that I think he won't be at Leeds next season, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I've heard as well. Yeah, so will Bielsa sort of, you know, play the final game without him since he won't be there anyway, put in someone else in that place or something like that, you know? Same with Casilla, right? He The rumours is that he will leave, so which is why he gets these last two games kind of, I guess, to show that he can still do it so that he teams will still go in and buy him, I guess. Yeah, well, Biasa said he's definitely giving Casilla the last two games. Yeah, and I don't know whether that's good or bad for the defence as well at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So, there is a bit of uncertainty there. But if you want a safer pick, I guess Dallas is the way to go. If you're okay with a risk, then I like how Alioski looks. Yeah, let, let's move on to midfielders. I think that's more exciting. Okay, so we've got so many questions about midfielders. FPL chance. Mane worth going over Salah? Or one last time for Pep Roulette with Ferran Torres. Is it bye-bye to Kane and Son? We'll deal with Kane later. Uh, Amandip asking whether he should make free tra- two free transfers to get Willock and Salah in. Or try take a hit and go for some differentials. Carrick FPL Low asking if he should go for Mane. Go all in. Triple Liverpool. And or should he consider other assets for cheaper? No hits involved like Rafinha, Pereira, Willock. Aisha asking what to do with Spurs assets. So, I think Sun's included in that, so that's why I want to address it here. Midfielder, Sam, what are you thinking in terms of picks? Mane, is, is this week a good week to go for Sadio Mane? Yes, I think definitely. Especially if you're chasing, right? If you're on top and you want to protect, you know, then Salah is the way to go. If you are chasing, you know most people who have Salah will captain him. So then having Mane... Um, so then having Salah itself... If you don't captain him... Um, wait, sorry, let me get back my words. Most people who have Salah will captain him this week. So if you have Salah and you do captain him also, then it really doesn't make a difference to your rank at all. So if you're at the stage where you kind of need to go all in, right? All or nothing. Might as well go money. You know, you can captain him and there will be a big upside for you. Well, he has been taking over, right? So assist this week, assist last week. 11 points in game week 35 against Southampton. I'm just wondering, is it is this overthinking, right? Because you've got the asset who's the guy on pens, the guy who's been the top scorer for so many seasons. Are we just going money just because you're trying to be differential? Actually, he's not the better pick, but you're just hoping? Yeah, I think, I mean, he is on form, right, Mane? He's been a mix of unlucky or bad finishing. So that's why the points don't really reflect it. And like I said, it kind of depends on your position right now. If you really don't mind, um, you know, if let's say Salah holds and money doesn't and you drop, kind of like, um, how do I put it? If let's say you're 10th in your mini league, doesn't make a difference whether you're 10, 11 or 12. You know what I mean? But yeah. if it works out and you fly up to 7th or 6th, then there's a big difference for you. So it depends on your own position, I think. The the one good thing about it is you're going for the double. Most people may not have the cash to do the double or may not just may not choose to do it because they lack confidence in Liverpool. But they're playing at home, Anfield. Again, need a win. And Crystal Palace, third worst for XGC over the season. A lot of players out of contract, managers leaving. You saw how what they did against Arsenal. If they're losing 3-1 to Arsenal, it's probably a decent shot that Mane might actually return this week. Yeah, although... Nah, okay, no. don't put it. I was going to say they, got, they are like Liverpool's boogie team. Didn't but... they just lose 7-1 to them in the season? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I but, but, but to be... seasons, they were Liverpool boogie, Liverpool's boogie team. Well, you're thinking about Kristan Bull, right? Yeah. And 
yeah, losing the title there. But seven. the issue is that, of course, after the 7-1, Liverpool have sort of gone off the rails, but they recovered it and they need the win. I think if you are looking for a team, and you know there's no rotation here because, okay, so Klopp has said Jota has a small chance of Eastering unless he backs that up, you know, closer to the, the match and says, I think he's definitely back. I think you just go for money. If that's your option, you can afford him. I think you should definitely go for it. But I still I still think Salah is probably the better pick. It's just that because you're chasing, you have to hope that the luck is on for you for that day and that the differential comes through. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Pep Roulette. Okay, so a lot of questions about Man City. Oh, okay. This is a tough one. I think Everton is not that easy a fixture, right? I would love to say that they're going to beat them 6-0, but I'm not sure that's the easiest fixture Ancelotti was really upset with how Everton played against uh, Sheffield United. This week, they sort of scraped a 1-0 victory. Nothing's too special. But they're kind of a defensive side anyway. Do you see big goals for Man City? I mean, it's Man City, right? They can score big goals against anyone if they're, you know, best team on form. Can be the most defensive team in the world and they still can score past you, man. Doesn't make a difference. The problem is who is going to play for City? Now, I know they have one week break until the Champions League final. But historically, um, some guy on Reddit posted that um, historically Pep tends to give his players big rest before um, Champions League finals, you know. And by big, I mean even two weeks, some of them even three weeks, you know, and things like that. I've heard people say that now Pep is going to play his best team to keep them fit. I don't really trust that because I think two weeks is not that long of a break to be sort of unfit right to lose your match fitness at the same time you don't want to risk having an injury to one of your key players you know so I'm pretty sure that Pep will play his so-called B team his B team is good enough to beat anyone anyway so so since okay I, I actually I know which tweet you're talking about it's a tweet by uh, Anna Woodbury and I did retweet this uh, last week before the uh, Newcastle game and I'll post it after the pod but basically, I'll just run through what it was. So Pep, in his last two UCL finals, which is 9 and 2011, both against United, he rotated the his team for an average of 13 days. So that means the starting 11 had a rest time of an average of 13 days in 2009, and in 2011, also 13 days again. So the hypothesis here is that Pep is perfectly fine to give his starting 11 two weeks rest. This is 10 years ago, so a lot of stuff has changed. Can't say that he will definitely do it. But assuming that he's not going to play all the people who start in the final, and I think he wants to protect them. Pep hasn't won the UCL in 10 years. It's big for him. Ferran Torres. Yeah. Scored a hat-trick against Newcastle. Hauled off early because of the Cancelo red card this week. Nobody owns this guy. He is, you know, as pure a differential pick as you will get. Possibly playing for a place in the final, you know. Possibly want to push himself into the starting eleven. He, I mean, he's trying to prove himself. No, I don't think for the final, but for next season, proving to Pep, like, I can be be there, you know, be part of your strongest eleven in future. I think he's making a real good case for it. I really liked him even before he moved to City. He's a, you know, really intelligent player. And Pep sees it too, right? Because um, I think he mentioned that there's only a few players he would trust to play that kind of false nine, you know, at that moment where they were without a striker. And I think he did mention that Ferran Torres is one of them. He has the footballing brain to be that false nine. So, I really like Torres. I am... I don't know. Six, 70% sure that he will start. 80% maybe. But you never know, right? It's, it's Pep. He has so many options. So, you know, we look at history. We look at the, the minutes they are playing. We look at logic. But at the end of the day, he may still turn out different. But I like the pun on Ferran Torres. He has really good um, points per 90 this um, this season. When he does play and when he does start, he tends to get some kind of return. So I, I, like, I like Torres. I think... Okay, it's, it's really risky predicting Pep. But given the fact that Maris played 90 this week, Foden played 90 this week, KDB still coming back, didn't play any minutes. Maybe he gets a few minutes off the bench this week. You got Bernardo Silva played seventy six minutes after playing ninety the previous week. All sort of lines up for Torres. No guarantees, but it kind of lines up for him. Sterling has a knock. Gundogan also has a knock. 
Aguero uh, is injured. Aguero may not be able to play. Yeah, so I think it's a good chance. Okay, I, I'm going to upgrade it. Maybe not 70. 80% sure that he'll start. For Man City, uh, you have to follow uh, Sam Lee from The Athletic. Uh, he w- does have sort of the inside track on this. And it was from uh, him that we realized that Mares wasn't going to play against Newcastle about 20 minutes before the deadline. So that may help. I think for Torres, if you're looking for upside picks, right? If he starts, he's playing a striker. You already know he's capable of scoring 20 points in a single game week. You already know that he's not going to be highly owned. I would think Mane is going to be far more popular if you're going for differentials than Ferran Torres. So maybe Torres is, you know, the uber differential here and maybe possibly even a better pick. Yeah. And actually, I said cheap, but he's actually more expensive than I thought he would be. He's 7.0, right? 7.1, something like that. 7.0. Yeah, he's more expensive than Foden. But anyway, still relatively cheap, I guess. Easy enough to get into your team without doing major surgery. I think that's the bonus here. Because if you're looking for a Jota replacement, a lot of us held Jota, right, to assess. Uh, That's what I did as well. I'm thinking Ferran Torres is a very easy move for me to make. Agreed, agreed. Are you going to make a Ferran Torres move? (laughs) Okay. for, For listeners' context, we've been discussing it about how talking about our potential transfers has been affecting, you know, the transfers that we make. Because I always want to catch Siva. And now I'm thinking like, if Siva brings in Torres, maybe I would, I shouldn't to get a differential over him. It's really annoying because these days when you send me your transfers just before deadline, it's very annoying. It throws me off completely. And I start thinking, oh shit, should I make transfers now? He's bringing in Kane. Should I bring in Kane as well? <laughs> yeah. okay, I, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do this week, okay? But let, let's keep it in suspense. But I, I mean, no secret. I think we're all considering Ferran Torres. We're all thinking about it. Uh, let's move on to somebody who is in around the same price bracket. Joe Willick, Sam. I am, I'm s- Before we move on, are you considering any other City midfielder? No, I'm not. Because, and for the simple reason, I've seen people mention Maris. Maris played 90 last week, so already no go for me. Foden played 90, no go. Uh, Bernardo Silva, 76 minutes. And then beyond that, I don't see anybody else here. But consider, I'm not going to go near Aguero. I don't care. Last match of the season, the final day. We did this with David Silva last season. And I avoided David Silva last season. I went for KDB and I got lucky because I think I couldn't take it, get him without taking a hit or something. I think it's the same trap here. I'm not going to go for Aguero. But they have to play someone, right? On the three wingers. If Sterling is injured, Aguero can't play. So someone has to be up top together with Foden and... Uh, I mean, together with Ferran Torres, right? Foden, Mares. I think best guess is he probably plays maybe either... One of Foden or Mares, along with Ferran Torres and possibly maybe Gabriel Jesus, who didn't start this week. So he's probably got some rest. Okay, if we get a leaked team sheet and it says Foden is starting, will you then consider Foden? If we get a leaked team sheet and Foden is starting, I I think if Foden and Torres are both starting, the reason why I would prefer Torres is because Torres tends to play at the 9 or as a false 9 and Foden tends to play on the wing. And if your final day differential punt, you want the guy who's playing quote-unquote a striker, especially for City, a lot of their goals are cutbacks, right? Guy runs down the line, pulls it back, dudes in the center, scores a goal. Yeah, you see true. that all the time with City. So that ought to be Ferran Torres. That's, what, that's my thinking. Maybe it's oversimplifying it, but that's what, how I look at it. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think um, maybe even if Foden starts, he'll probably be subbed off early, right? Protected for the final, whereas Torres should, you know, play the whole game, I think. Yeah, because he came off early last week, so he's already had, you know, his rest. Yeah. My only concern is if Jesus is in a league team sheet, because I really don't want Gabriel Jesus. First of all, I don't trust him. Secondly, forward transfer, that'll mean I have to move money around. I don't trust his finishing. I feel like he's, I mean, he's, he has one double-digit haul this whole season against Wolves in Gaming 26, 13 points. Apart from that, it's all been... Your your best case scenario looks like a nine-pointer, which is fine, I guess, but not really what you want. So that would throw me off. And if I see Jesus, Torres, and Foden starting, that might just put me off, to be honest. Okay, okay. So keep an eye on the team sheet, guys. On yeah. the leaked team sheets, hopefully. Hopefully not <laughs> fake ones. <laughs> 
Hopefully not. Uh, to be fair, that's why, I mean, you really got to look at who your sources are. And and we that's why we don't post-retweet uh, team sheets unless we trust them as well. Which is why even with the Greenwood news, I didn't, you know, when I told you about it or so, I really didn't think that you could buy that. But sometimes it's true, sometimes it's just your luck, really. Okay, let's, let's move on. Okay, so a lot of other mids in that price range. Joe Willock, okay? So now Joe Willock, we, we can't run away from this, okay? He scored in his... In six games in a row, it's the longest unbroken scoring run in the Premier League this season. And so below him are DCL and Lingard, who have scored five in a row. He's talking about how happy he is at Newcastle. As an Arsenal fan, it's bittersweet because he's also saying he'd be happy to stay there, playing final day against Fulham. Maybe his final game for the club, we don't know. Fulham have been quite poor defensively, and I think United on another day would have beaten them by quite a few goals. It's just, I think they got quite lucky. United's finishing a bit off on the day. Is is you think Joe Willock, is it too late? Is it has the train gone? Or do you still think there's time to, you know, have one shot with him? I think um he's super cheap, still a differential. You know, go for it, I think. And he's putting up good XG numbers, okay? It's not flukes, you know. Of course he is overperforming, right? He he doesn't he's I think his XG is three point something right now over the past six games. But still, those yeah. are good numbers. One of the highest in the league for midfielders right now. I don't know. A bit of luck, a bit of form. Sometimes you just need to catch on it. We are maybe six game weeks too late. <laughs> but, you know, one more game week, you need a punt. I don't see any reason why not. Flick has the second highest XG over the la- of midfielders over the last six. He's at 3.15. Uh, first is Jota at 3.91. Salah is 3.14. Then it's Harvard's 3.07. Gabriel Martinelli, 2.84. Greenwood, 2.63. Bruno Bruno Fernandes, 2.62. Okay, interesting. Does it include the penalties though? Uh, yes. X- non-pen XG. No, this is XG. So it includes pens. And I should point out, Willick's XG will be inflated because he took the pen uh, last week against Man City and then had the rebound. So that balloons oh, yeah. the XG quite a bit. So... You can't uh, look at the XG. you got to sort of bear that in mind. But it doesn't really matter because XG or no XG, he's scoring every week. The issue here is ceilings, right? So he had 11 points this week. Before this, he's getting a lot of sixes. I guess the concern here is whether it's just going to be one goal from him. Newcastle aren't a very high-scoring team. Or is that irrelevant because he is the chief goal-scoring threat? You have a chance for max bonus to just go for it. I think um, if you have the money, you're not going to downgrade a premium asset down to Willock, right? So if you're making a Willock transfer, most likely you're already in that price range. And in that price range, I don't think there are any better options. Fair. I mean, 4.8. Can't ask for more than that. I don't think there's anybody there. Would you take Willock over Rafinha this week? I think that's a fair question to ask. Because Rafinha is what? 5.6? And a lot of people, again, are asking about Rafinha this week. Yeah, Harrison's a bit more explosive compared to Rafinha. I'm quite. I mean, I'm quite surprised to actually notice that Harrison has scored thirty more points, what 20, 20 plus points more than Rafinha. Of course, he's had more minutes because Rafinha did, came in a bit later, but he's had more points across the season. Are you surprised by that? That Harrison, like seemingly on paper right now, is actually a better pick. Yeah, I mean, I I noticed that last week. I think because you know he had a big haul, and I went back and checked, and actually over the course of the season, he's been doing really well. I think he is the highest, the best um, points per million midfielder right now, right? So the most value. So we kept yeah. him the whole season. We've been good, actually. So, yeah, I, I quite like Harrison, I think. Rafinha is, is a real um, creator, right? Harrison's more a goal scorer. So if you had to pick one this week, you'd go for Harrison over Rafinha? Yeah, for a single game week. Yeah, I, I would. Leeds at fans home for the first time in the Premier League also, by the way. Their fans have not seen them in the Premier League. Yeah, so... I think but, um, going big on Leeds this week does sound good. But that's it. I, I mean, a lot was made about home advantage this week, right? And you saw the teams at home advantage. So many of them losing. You saw Palace losing. You saw Spurs being absolutely awful at home against Villa in front of home fans. <laughs> that, that is true. But that's Spurs, you know. It's Spurs, man. <laughs> One good thing that Rafinha has is he was on set pieces this week. So, previous uh, previous week he wasn't. This week he was taking corners again. So, 
that does give you some incentive. If you're holding him, I don't see any benefit in doing a, a sideways transfer. Yeah, yeah, definitely not, I think. I think both of them, are, I mean, they are good options. Very little to separate between Harrison and Rafinha. You can pick either one. I think Harrison is slightly more differential because I think more people have Rafinha. But even then, very few actually have Rafinha now because not many went back in after his injury. So yeah. both of them are differentials. Both of them are good. I think you can pick either, whichever your gut tells you. Talk about Rafinha. Let's go to another Brazilian. You own this guy, Matias Pereira, who I don't know how he's doing it, Sam. He's scoring, he's scoring from corners now. What, what nonsense is this? It's the magic, right? Since I picked him, he's decided <laughs> to reward my faith. Scoring direct from corners. <laughs> is it is it worth going in for Matias Pereira this week? No, I don't think so. I mean, Leeds at home <laughs> and all that. But that said, he, is, he does have an extremely high ceiling, right? For all we know, this Leeds game could just go back to the start of the season. Remember their first game? Ended 4-3. How great would that be? And he is on pants. I mean, I've been really happy with my Pereira pick. Personally, I think this week itself, there are more better options you can go in the midfield. Not that he's a bad pick, but there are, on paper, better options. And so you'd put the Leeds mids ahead of him, you'd put Newcastle mids, you'd put Willock anyway ahead of him, and City, and Liverpool. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay. But aside from all those, you know, 10 options, then yeah, Matthias Pereira is the next best pick. The issue that I have with Matthias Pereira this week is just because Leeds have kind of been keeping clean sheets the last few weeks. So maybe this is not the guy to go for when you're trying to chase. There are teams with better fixtures. I agree. So I, I wouldn't really recommend anyone bringing him in right now. If you have, then hold, I guess. Yeah. I, I think in the ranking of picks, I, I would have Willock ahead of him. Although, I will say this, Mathis Pereira, again, not only lowly owned, but might be playing for a move, right? Which you always talk about, you know, with other assets. West Brom going down, he's been the best player this season. It's true, but there's only so much you can do when your team is not playing well. That said, this leads West Brom's picture does look to me like it's going to be a high-scoring game, so... There's a lot of mixed messages there. I'm starting to wonder whether you should just get him in anyway. <laughs> now, go for... Like, like I said earlier, right? I would think um, a City mid... Uh, Liverpool mid a Leeds mid and you know a Newcastle mid, mid. only Willock actually don't, don't consider any of the other mids but yeah I think they will be ahead of Pereira you say that mate I'm sorry I can't leave this just yet I'm just looking at his hauls 21 points in the game week 30 against Chelsea okay 10 men 10 against Villa uh, of course yes, had a pen there 7 against Arsenal scored an amazing goal against Arsenal by the way okay like he just ran from his own box to the Arsenal box and scored it Seven against West Ham. Scoring from a corner. I think when when he hauls, he hauls, right? He has an extremely high ceiling. So it's the blanks because he had this massive run of blanks between, I think it's game week 22 and game week 28. Twos and ones and threes. That's what's putting you off. Yes, I guess. It didn't put me off from transferring him three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, mate. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. Maybe Mathis Pereira is the one. Maybe instead of looking at guys like Mane and all these people who we're hoping will actually turn the corner, are we just ignoring the form asset? And Mathis Pereira, you would think almost guaranteed to play 90. They have nothing else to do. Nothing else to play for. I mean, he's definitely going to play 90, right? West Brom, they're not going to you know say to themselves, okay, guys, let's Let's go out here. Let's keep a clean sheet today. Keep it defensively tight. No, I don't think they're going to care about that this week. You know, it's it's the last game of the season. Teams are going to be open. They're just going to, you know, go out. Let's have fun. Just play. So, I mean, someone did ask about ceiling, right? And if you're talking about ceiling, there is no midfielder better than Pereira, I think, in that price range. Also, some motivation here for Sam Allardyce, who is stepping down, but was really upset with the comments of uh, Mikel Antonio in the post-match after West Ham. Because Antonio basically said that, uh, you know how Allardyce teams play, big guys running up and down the channels. And Sam Allardyce really took like offense to that. And he said he's just insulted. You know, it's a disgusting thing. He should go back and watch the game and see. <laughs> he took that really personally. He, he did. Yeah, he, he said that, you know... I. Uh, it's just like all this perception against me. People say, oh, we're long ball. It's the way we play. And he said it's a load of, you know, a lot of words that I can't really repeat here. Extra motivation, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's tough, right? I'm sort of 
convince you are convincing me that Matthias Pereira is a good pick even though I have Pereira I don't know, are we convincing our listeners? I guess okay he is extremely high ceiling right he hauls a lot consistently and when he does haul it's always big he has a few how many times did he haul bigger than four, 15 points? yeah one two or two hauls above 15 yeah and then there's a 10 there's there's two 10s there's a 13 so yeah it's penalties, right? Because th- we're talking about all these assets, right? We're talking about Ferran Torres. We're talking about Joe Willock. We're talking about Mani. None of these guys, and Rafinha, none of them are on pens. Willock's on pens, right? I don't know. Willock took the second pen that day, but Steve Bruce said that uh, Joe Linton took the first pen and Joe Linton would be on pens, but because he'd taken the first one, okay, you've taken one, you don't want to keep it, guess where you're jumping. So you give it to, off to Willock. Willock missed, scored from the rebound. He's definitely not going to be taking the pen, I don't think. So, comes back to this, right? Matthias Pereira is the only asset in all of these midfielders we've been discussing, all these differential midfielders, who has pants. That's true, that's true. Yeah, I think, yeah, go for Pereira, guys. Just get him in. Number one, sell Salah for Pereira. <laughs> no, no, you keep Salah. You, you sell Jota and you get Matthias Pereira, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, let's move on from Pereira. I think we've established he is a good pick. Okay, good. That's so, having good. spent 20 minutes on that, let's move. Uh, Aisha, what to do with Spurs assets? And this is a bridge between the mids and the forward section. What the hell do we do with this team, Sam? Because I brought in these guys thinking they've got something to fight for. European football, they're still chasing. They were... Words cannot describe how awful they were against Villa. Okay? In front of their own fans. They basically just embarrassed themselves. Don't look like there's any fight in them. There's one part, Kane is recorded on camera saying, you know, what, what the F is this? What what what's what's the point of all this? They look like they've checked out. Immediately after that, he handed in the transfer request. I'm out of here, guys. He's not backing down. He gave an interview today to Gary Neville, and he said that he hopes he can leave. He hopes he can work it out. It doesn't seem like he's gonna back down from this. Can you trust the motivation of somebody or a team? You know, when their best player, their captain, has just said, "Well, he's not their captain, but in effect, right? He is the talisman of this team, and he's saying, I want out of here." Will it affect the team? I I don't know. They may kind of bounce back, right? We were so bad last week. Let's just go out, all out attack. You know, let's really do it. So I am... If I had a Spurs asset, I would still keep, I think. You have a Spurs asset, mate. Yeah, I do. I have Kane and I'm keeping him. I think Sun, contrary to what a lot of people are thinking right now, I think Sun is a good pick still. Especially if you're talking about pure um, haulness. Haul, haul. Yeah? Ceiling. Sun has a lot of double-digit hauls this season, right? When he when he does score, he tends to go big. And he also tends to do well against the stronger team. I think we talked about this before, right? Stronger teams, um, Sun does better. Weaker teams, Kane does better. So Leicester is a strong team. They're going to come out strong because they want to finish in the top four. Spurs, I don't know, playing a bit for pride, I guess, uh, at, Trying to cement their place in the... What's it called? <laughs> the third the European... E- the Europa Conference League, mate. One of the most prestigious uh, competitions ever once Arsenal wins it. It gains <laughs> you entry into the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. So, I I, I don't think that Spurs is just going to throw it all away. You know, motivation's gone. I think this will be a fairly high-scoring game, actually. With both sides kind of going for it. So I wouldn't sell. And in fact, I am even considering bringing in Sun. Okay. Might, yeah, might um, be the only uh, podcast who actually said that. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about pure points potential, right? Hall, ceiling. Sun, there is no asset greater than Sun, I think. This entire season. We're going to get memed, mate. There are going to be people posting on Twitter like, you know, Nobody, absolutely no one, and then bottom, uh, Sam from FPL Banger getting Sun in for Game Week 38. Yeah, mark my words, man. I, I will only say this, it's just that you, there's a small sliver of hope because they, it, technically, the reason we have these assets, Spurs assets, is because they still have some tiny, you know, thing to play for here, which is European football, whatever that is. And so for that reason, I can see where you're coming from. I honestly can't see the form. I don't have transfers to spare. That's why I'm not going to get rid of them. I've got other issues to deal with. 
but they wouldn't be... I, I'm sorry, I can't see your point. I wouldn't be bringing them in. I don't think Leicester is a great fixture. I think at the King Power, Leicester need this win. Leicester do bottle matches, right? They, they've, they've somehow managed to, you know, be knocked out of the top four spots. I saw a crazy stat. Leicester have been in the top four for 70 of the past 80 weeks in the, and they're about to miss out on Champions League football again. So maybe there's pressure on them. Maybe at home they actually suffer from that pressure. Even still, I just don't see how bringing in Spurs assets this week is going to help you. I really feel like they're in a don't-buy-don't-sell territory. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with all those points, right? But I think Spurs, on their day, they always have the potential to, to do it, right? Of course, the form of the past game weeks um, is kind of doesn't indicate that they will. But if they turn around, you know, they can. They can easily score three past Leicester. You know, do you know what I mean? And so I think it's worth a punt if you are really, you know, trying to chase, trying to do something crazy, I guess. Worth a consideration, at least. I wouldn't sort of write them off immediately. I'm sorry, mate. I think we're just going to have to disagree on this. I generally am considering transferring one of them out. And I, 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 I feel like I just don't see any motivation on them. I, I didn't see it against Leeds. Didn't see it again this week. Yes, they were okay against Wolves. But Leicester so much harder opposition than all the teams they've been losing to recently. Ryan Mason doesn't seem like he knows what's going on. Ask him about Kane. He seems very... He seems like he doesn't have control. I just, I just can't see the motivation here. Maybe, maybe I'm buying too much into the narrative, but I just, I just don't see it. Okay, so with that, we we move into strikers and talk about Kane. Uh, well, I think we've covered Kane. I think the same rule applies to Kane as to Son, right? You but feel you that? Sell Kane, don't know, right? I think. I generally am considering it because I just don't see the motivation but again. He's dropping back. Okay, that motivation I don't buy because he's. I mean, if he was chasing the golden boot and that was like you know some sort of drive to push him, they would. I would have seen a better performance from him. He was again dropping into midfield. So in terms of goals, right against uh, Villa, dropping into midfield, trying to create passes from there, things weren't working out. If you're gonna get that kind of cane, I don't want him in FPL purposes because I don't need somebody playing DM right when I'm paying twelve million for a striker. True. It's a good point, I guess. Maybe he may have personal motivation. We've shown, right? You know, there's that video where he got upset with the team and things like that. But if the team around him are not performing and not providing him the chances, you know, doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And I just don't think Leicester right now is a great... Fi- Leicester have been inconsistent, quite patchy, but they need this game. And I don't think it's a great fixture. I think going final day... Okay, depends what your rank is. If you're comfortable with your rank, you hold. I don't see any reason to get rid but I think if you're chasing, you try and be differential. Kane's so highly owned. I'm considering getting rid of Kane. And I'll go through some of the people I want to talk about. AGFPL asking us, should I get in Bamford or Antonio? So I have Antonio. And I think Antonio is a great pick for this week. He could be on pens now because Rice missed a pen. And Antonio in the post-match said, I'm definitely on pens. Tongue in cheek. But I genuinely think he will be on it because Lingard's missed. Rice has missed. So I think Antonio's turn. Post though, so it wasn't like a bad miss. Yeah, but again, I think no reason for Moyes to say no to Antonio, right? Yeah. The guy who's running the, the, their front line, who is clearly so essential. And Antonio, you want to buy into narratives? He is one goal away from equaling the all-time record for Premier League goals scored by a West Ham player. That's crazy, right? Because he played most of it as a right-back. He wasn't a right-back for that long. He was like, for a short while, right? He shifted to a striker like maybe last season. I think about two seasons ago, but he yeah he started off at right back, then right mid, and then slowly. Yeah. But still okay, okay. There is um, I mean, but it's not like he's gonna leave tomorrow. He's still got time to to get it back. But I, I do see it. I think Antonio is a good option. West Ham did well. I think with um Rice back, with Cresswell back, there's the spine of the team, the shape of the team sort of is coming back to what it was before. So I do like Antonio as a pick. And he also said this in the post match presser. He said, "Yeah, I've got double figures for the second season in a row." It's less than what I wanted to get. I have a target for myself. I'm way off it. One game to go. You never know what I can get. Yeah, Come on, man. One game. The, the confidence that, that you have there. <laughs> and good fixture. Southampton. Been leaky recently. Didn't look great against Leeds. Should, could have considered more, to be fair. Could have considered more, but they were also quite attacking, right? So I think yeah. just kind of, you know, just playing free-flowing football. Just safe. Yeah. And West Ham, yeah. although they can't make UCL anymore because they're too far off, they're four points off, but they're still three points ahead of Spurs. 
it would help them if they can win because uh, goal difference, they have a worse goal difference to Spurs. So if they were to lose and Spurs were to win, they would lose six spot. So there is something to fight for here. I mean, there are no arguments against Antonio, I guess. Yeah. But coming back to AGFL's question, should he get in Bamford or Antonio? He already has Lingard and Rafinha. So that's a trickier one, right? So between the two. And a lot of people have asked us this question this week. Bamford or Antonio? Hard for me to give you a fair answer here because I'm, I'll be honest, I want to just get in both. I already have Antonio. I want to get in Bamford. Purely on a single game week, Bamford has a higher ceiling than Antonio. There is a pattern of Antonio just, you know, scoring one goal, right? Consistently, but still just one goal. Not many double-digit hauls from him. Whereas Bamford has multiple double-digit hauls this season. So if you're talking about just pure explosiveness and high ceiling, then it has to be Bamford, right? Fair to an extent. I mean, you saw this week, again, double-digit figures from Bamford. And Antonio has only hit double-digit figures once this season. Surprise, surprise, it was against Burnley uh, a few weeks ago. 13 points. Yeah, whereas um, Bamford has five double-digit hauls this season. Yeah, but also the fact that Antonio may be on pens now, mate. Does that not change things? So that does. I think attacking-wise, Leeds has the easier fixture. So So you would say Bamford? Yeah, actually, if I had to pick one of the two. Chris Wood, Sam. You own Chris Wood. And spoiler alert, I'm getting in Chris Wood this week and I'm, I would say, 90% going to captain him. That's my plan right now. Wow. Sheffield United, we talked about this fixture a few weeks ago when we were, you know, lining up thinking about, you know, plans. And we talked about Chris Wood against Sheffield United. Ashley Barnes was subbed on for him against Leeds on 65 minutes. Everybody got upset. Oh, Wood is off for a two-pointer. What will happen now? Because Barnes is back. Rodriguez is back. Vidra is back. But then Barnes gets done for drink driving yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's got done for drink driving. Wasn't in the squad. Chris Wood played 19 against Liverpool. Had chances, you know, really should have scored. Yeah, yeah. Five, I think he had one really big chance. Yeah, and if he had scored, I bet that this wouldn't have been a conversation. But because he blanked, he's going under the radar, which I like. And everybody's like, oh, his, his, his time has gone and come. Sheffield United, final day of the season. You need 20 points. Uh, the, the question here from Port, FPL Port Noodle at start was, who can get you 10 plus points? Forget 10, mate. 20 points from Chris Wood on the final day. Captain him, you know, 40 points. Yeah, that will only happen if I bench him this week. Can you please do that? Because I'm bringing him in and I want to captain him. Yeah, I mean, no arguments against Chris Wood. He's been really good, been really on form. Like you said, even the weeks where he blanked, uh, like against Liverpool, he came close. Sean Dyche himself has said that Chris Wood has really improved, has turned into a much more complete striker. So, no arguments against Chris Wood. I mean, and he's against Sheffield. So, it's the easiest fixture on paper. Yeah, oh. no arguments against him. Go for it. Captain. And would would you okay? But in, let's let's rank it right in terms of uh, going for hall potential this week. Would you say Wood has a better chance than Bamford or Antonio? If you had to rank the three of them, how would you go? Well, that that's a tough question, then. That's why we're here, mate. Answering the tough question. Yeah. Okay, I will go Wood number one purely from fixtures, and then Bamford, and then Antonio. But that said. All three of them are really good picks this week. I mean, if you got all three of them as your front line, I think you're sorted for this week. Yeah. Can't agree more. And I'm willing to put my neck and say that I think all three will outscore Kane. That's a big shout. Unfortunately, we won't have a point next week, so I can't even call you out if you're wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this, they're all... Ashley Barnes uh, takes pens for Burnley when he's fit. So... Assuming, and I've got to say this, this is the only caveat I will add here. Assuming Daesh at the press conference confirms that Barnes is not going to play because of this drink driving charge, because he wasn't in the squad v Liverpool, I would definitely say all in on Wood. Because Wood, to my recollection, takes pens when Barnes doesn't take them. So he'll be on pens. Bamford on pens. Antonio should be on pens. Three assets, good fixtures, all on pens. Okay. What about um, if we're moving on to other strikers? What about Firmino? One of my top targets to transfer in this week, actually. It's an interesting pick. It's it's quite different because everybody's thinking about Mane or maybe Robertson. So it is quite differential. I don't know. For me, for Mino, I, I wonder about the ceiling, right? We're talking about ceilings and you're going for a last day kind of haul. Does he even have double-digit hauls this season that many? I would think probably not. I don't know. But 
in the previous game, he had a few chances. He could have had, you know, two goals. He was quite involved, right? And I think yeah. this season, his minutes have been kind of affected by Jota a lot. There were quite a few games where... Actually, all of them, right? Because of Jota, all four of them kind of share the minutes being the front three, right? True. But I don't know. He seems like he's coming back into form. Seemed confident in the previous game. Good differential, I think. I mean, recent weeks, I can't argue with you. 13 against United, and then 8 against Burnley, and in the reverse fixture against Palace, 16 points. Although, to be fair, all of them hold that week. Not a bad shot. I, I don't see that being a bad idea. I guess, for me, the only issue is maybe not on pens, so you kind of limited in terms of ceilings. If they do get pens, then Salah's probably going to take pens. And Salah, Salah seems to be getting bonus points these days as well, which is surprising. Yeah. He's been a bit more careful with his shots, I think. Mm. They're all on target. So previously, he used to lose bonus because he tends to take a lot of shots and a lot of it miss. And every off-target shot is minus your points in the bonus ranking. So if you are buying into the narrative or you know the presumption that Liverpool are going to go all out, they're going to dominate against Crystal Palace because it means so much to them, then yeah, I think he you know is a really good pick really good differential from the Liverpool attack but <laughs> if you don't really buy that you know I think because the, I think there is a chance you know one goal up two goal up they will kind of sit back right they're not going to keep pushing and trying to score as many goals as they can you know what I mean which kind of limits the attackers in that sense so. hard to say right because Liverpool have been so shaky defensively maybe they just keep going for it but it, it's so hard to tell this kind of stuff if you can't really predict that so yeah. it might be worth a shot though I realize we didn't talk about Arsenal assets a lot. You know, I have read quite a lot of people shouting uh, Nicolas Pepe out. Yeah, Nicola Pepe. Very popular because scored against Palace. I, I don't think Brighton is a great fixture. I think that's my issue with Arsenal, right? Brighton actually quite starting to show some level of defensive solidity. Not against Manchester City, but then it is Man City. But in recent weeks, Brighton have been quite okay with defense. Kept a clean sheet against West Ham. I don't think Arsenal convince me going forward that much palace i think quite an easy fixture for arsenal i'm not sure i, I see a lot of people say nicola pepe and obama yang as well for this week i'm not too convinced arsenal also don't have a lot to play for because they're out of contention for uh, direct qualification to europa i think their best chance now is to try and qualify for the conference league how motivated will they be i don't know I feel like if you're looking for fixtures to target this week and assets to target, you're looking for people who are reliable, who may explode. I do think Arsenal assets will be below all the people we've been talking about so far. Okay. What about Chelsea uh, midfielders and attackers? Are we of, are you are you of the opinion that we should avoid them because of the possible rotation? Rotation is one concern, but just for me, it's explosiveness. Have few, Chelsea assets have just not been... I mean, we've all seen this, right? Werner, Mount, Harvards, Pulisic. I would like to tell you that they've all been explosive this season, but they really haven't. One or two good game weeks. Very hard to target. Very hard to find. Harvards out injured. Harvards would be my preference, but he's out injured. May not be back in time. We don't know. I just feel too much uncertainty there. And because they have a final coming up, if they're winning 3-0, your asset's probably going to get hauled off on 75 minutes to protect him. That's true. Okay. Um... I think that covers all the teams, right? All the ones we wanted to uh, cover, I think. And that, I think, takes us to captaincy, right? Because uh, quite a few questions here about captain. We have uh, FPL Vigorish asking us, City players for captaincy, do we still dare? We have Nano Africa asking, will a captain? What a season this is. Somebody's asking us whether you want a captain, Joe Willock. Sam, talk to me about captaincy. Who's, who are you going for? It's not Willock, even if I had him. I know he just scored and he had a double-digit haul, but it was his first double-digit haul. I think previously it's all six. You want someone explosive, right? It's only one game week left, you know, just go all out. So not Willock. I would consider um, Ferran Torres, I think. He has shown he can be explosive. It's City. On their day, they can put, you know, they can really score multiple goals. So I like um, having a City meet as your, as your captain. Personally, I think should go for either a Liverpool player, um, but not Salah, right? If you're chasing. So Mane or Firmino. Or you can go for one of the sort of uh, differential picks. So like we mentioned, there is 
Bamford very explosive Antonio has the potential to be explosive too and then there's Chris Wood of course against Sheffield let me saw anyone I think that's it right yeah but you didn't tell us who you're going for me <laughs> I don't know who I'm going for that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> okay I will tell you who I'm going for I I think if you are happy with your rank just want to hold off you know you t- you're happy where you are and you don't mind a small dip Salah is the safe option has the decent fixture against Palace. We know Palace defense concedes. They're at home, Anfield, need a win, all those things on pens. I think consistent. You can assume, and Salah was really unlucky not to return this week. I think you can go for Salah. If you're trying to take a risk, but you don't want to go be so extreme with your differential, Patrick Bamford against West Brom. Maybe see, like we're going in hindsight here. West Brom, highest XGC conceded this game week. And consistently throughout the season, one of the highest XGCs in the league. Relegated as well. Leeds, on the other hand, free flow attacking. Even if Leeds are going to concede goals, you know they're going to keep trying to score four, five, six. Bamford chasing an England spot, possibly, might be out of his reach already. But motivation to prove Southgate wrong as well. On pens, I think Patrick Bamford's sort of the mid-range of between differential and safe pick. And below that is when you're thinking your Ferran Torres and your Chris Woods all come in. Okay, I think you, you put it really well. So, And I will still say, I, I do think it's Chris Woods. For me, if you're going for an ultra-differential, and that's what I'm looking for, somebody who no one else is going to give a chance this week, I really think it's Chris Wood. Sheffield United, this week, again, people say the defense has improved. Conceded 16 shots to Newcastle. Newcastle United, okay? 16 shots. Uh, XG of 1.79. Again, consistently throughout the season, Sheffield United have been put. The only thing that would put me off and some people have said this to me do you think Sheffield United because they're going down go all out they have nothing to lose I I guess that's possible but they haven't done it so far except for that Everton match but going all out kind of makes it better right if they're not sitting back defending that, that's a good point yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that there's no argument to, against captaining Chris Wood I guess <laughs> an interesting way to end this section but okay <laughs> yeah You'll see our captains posted uh, before. You'll see our teams posted before the deadline. Hopefully, by then, Sam has made a decision. Right now, Sam, if I had to put you to, you know, if you had to lock in your team right now, who would your captain be? Yeah, I haven't even made my transfers yet, but most likely, I will bring in Firmino. I'm, he's my top target this week, so I'm trying to work it around to see if I can bring him in. And then if I do bring in Firmino, I might just captain him. All right, I love it. I like it. I, I think I've got, oh, we've gotten you to commit to it. You will actually do it. So let's see how it works out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having trouble even fitting him in my team right now. So, without a lot of hits. So, yeah. we'll see. And we had a question here from FPL Swain, just before we get into the mini-league, right? Which fixture do you think will have the most goals this week? Looking at the list of fixtures, right? If you had to pick one, which one would it be? I would go for Leeds-West Brom. Yeah, I like that shot. I think so too. Another 4-3 maybe. With Pereira hat-trick. Come on. Yeah, we spent 20 minutes on Mathis Pereira. Maybe we should be talking about him for captaincy. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad shot anyway. Yeah, maybe just not the easiest fixture, but I, I do like the idea of uh, leading in West Brom having a lot of goals. Then I captain Mathis Pereira. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do it. To repay his uh, past three weeks. I mean, I, I don't really have much to lose. No, man, I don't like that because you're going to catch me then. I don't I don't like that you're going yeah. to captain Mathis Pereira. Yeah. 60% on Pereira right now. What, from 90% to Firmino two minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You convinced me. Okay, let's move. Mini League. Our leader, the Mini League, Nigel Lim right now, is 300 and... Let me get this right. 319th in the world. Wow. I really do hope that we played some part in that <laughs> in that success. Nigel follows us on Twitter, mate, and he, he asks questions from time to time as well. He's clearly made a lot of good decisions. 319 is no joke. That's a really hard rank to achieve. A lot of elite managers never get that high. He's on course for an amazing season. Could he be even higher on final day? Uh, 45 points this week, leading the mini league. As it stands, I think he wins it because he is 40 points. Yeah, just about 40 points ahead of Jesper Olsen. Looks like he's going to win it. And... Our top scorer this week in the mini league. So the mini league code 05TM12, your last chance to join. Get in there. Our top scorer this week is our former longtime leader, Paul Oziegbe, who used triple captain this week to get 72 points. Triple captain. 
And in a week where a lot of people captaining Salah, captaining Kane, captaining Bruno, he owned all three. He captained Mikel Antonio, 27 points. Not bad at all. Not only that, he has Phillips and Robertson. You're you asking about double Liverpool defence there. He's got Ned Phillips and Andy Robertson on double defence. Yeah, what a week. Amazing, 16k in the world, definitely go for that. Alright guys, so that's, that's the pod, and that is the final pod of the season. As it stands, Sam, I think we're going to do this again next season, right? We're not going to just quit, are we? Yeah, I think it's been really fun. Um, want to take some time to thank everyone who has been listening and supporting us, you know, throughout these 38 game weeks. Yeah, it's been crazy, right? From the first episode we did, we never expected it, you know, to, to get this many followers, this many fans, and just this many people who engage with us on Twitter. So we really appreciate it. And I think it's safe to say we'll be back next year. Yeah, how can we not? Because uh, so much support, so many people seem to enjoy it. We enjoy doing it. It, It's just having a blast. And, you know, here's the next season. Once again, final time. Let's get some green arrows, baby. Oh, this is the thing.